Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Family Law Talk. Family Law Talk. Presented by Kirk Stangy of Stangy Law Firm, PC. Stangy Law Firm is a multi-state family law firm. Now, here's your host, Kirk Stangy. Welcome to Family Law Talk. The topic we have today is the use of subpoenas in divorce and family law litigation. There's a follow-up to the episode today. You can go on over to FamilyLawHeadquarters.com, and over there we have an article on this topic, and the title of that article is titled, The Use of Subpoenas in Family Law Litigation, and the date of the article is April 25th, 2023. So as a follow-up to the episode, go on over to Family Law Headquarters and read that article as a follow-up to the topic today. But let's go ahead and jump on in. The truth is, unfortunately, some divorce and family law cases just do not settle. Uh, Parties might try to settle. They could attend mediation. Uh, they could exchange settlement offers, but it just it just doesn't happen for some reason, right? Sometimes parties just have different viewpoints on what's reasonable, what's fair, and they just can't settle the case. And so when a divorce or family law case cannot settle, uh, what ends up happening is the court has to hold a trial or an evidentiary hearing on it, and they have to hear evidence. And after hearing the evidence, then the judge has to ultimately make a make a decision Uh, on the case itself, but one tool, one piece of discovery, if you will, uh, that is often used in contested divorce and family law litigation is the use of subpoenas. And let me just say the term contested. It could be a situation where both parties want the divorce, but maybe they just don't agree on the terms, right? So they have a different viewpoint on child custody, child support, spousal support, the division of property and debt, you name it. So even in these cases where both parties want the divorce, it still requires a hearing in order for a judge to make a determination on the outcome of the divorce itself, okay? So subpoenas oftentimes used in these types of cases. And subpoenas as well can be used kind of in that period where the parties are trying to settle, but they haven't gotten there yet, so they start using subpoenas. It could be cooler heads prevail and the case ultimately settles, but subpoenas still get used. And so when we talk about subpoenas, it's important uh, for the listeners to understand that there's really two types of subpoenas uh, that are used in divorce and family law litigation. So it's vital to really differentiate uh, these types of subpoenas, all right? So the first type of subpoenas is what we generically call a witness subpoena, right? So this could be a subpoena served on a third-party witness uh, who has valuable, let's say, testimony in the case, or one party at least thinks they have valuable testimony. And, and really, uh, the possibilities could be endless. It could be a subpoena on a school teacher, a doctor, a neighbor, a relative, a friend, or some other witness who one party believes uh, that these individual or individuals have uh, valuable information that the judge ought to hear, right? So to get these individuals into court to testify, uh, a subpoena is often used. Now, it can be a circumstance where these people voluntarily show up. They don't want a subpoena. They don't need a subpoena. They're glad to be there. They're happy to be there. They cooperate, and they show up to court without a subpoena. But in a great number of cases, I mean, the truth is a lot of people don't want any part of having to come into court and testify, right? I mean, they might have information that could be valuable, but they'd really rather not be part of the court process, right? And so in these circumstances, these individuals need a subpoena 
which in essence is a is a court order uh, that they appear in court and they provide testimony. Now, the procedure in terms of getting witness subpoenas, that's going to vary by state. It's going to vary by locality. And so there's different procedures that are in play, right? And, and some uh, jurisdictions, the subpoenas could be pre-printed and attorneys are able to complete them and serve them. Some jurisdictions, it might be a circumstance where the judge has to approve the use of the subpoenas uh, before they're, they're issued or served on a party. Okay, so that could vary. Uh, there's also witness fees, right? So in some jurisdictions and localities, if somebody's being, in essence, compelled to come into court and testify, they have to be paid a witness fee, which is really a pretty nominal amount, but it compensates an individual in theory uh, for their gas and their time in coming to court. And so uh, witness fees oftentimes go hand in hand uh, with a uh, witness subpoena. And in fact, if that witness fee is not provided in some jurisdictions, the witness really doesn't have to come into court and, and, and testify if they don't get that witness fee. Again, those procedures, uh, the details, that is going to vary by state and that's going to vary by locality. So anybody who served a subpoena if they have a question in terms of whether or not they actually have to come or not, I mean, you need to get an attorney and go through it with the attorney, let the attorney see the subpoena and make sure the procedures were followed. But, again, we talk about subpoenas, witness subpoenas, okay? And the witness could be compelled to do a couple of things, right? It could be that the witness is compelled to come to a trial, right, or the courthouse and actually provide their, their testimony. On the other hand, it could be a circumstance where somebody has served a a subpoena to come to a deposition, which is where they usually go to like an attorney's office or something like that. They're under oath and they're and they're uh, testifying at the deposition, right? So a lawyer or lawyers are asking questions of the witness about whatever information is they have, right? So witness subpoenas uh, could be compelled to go to court, could be compelled to go to deposition, but witness uh, subpoenas, uh, again, common in contested divorce and family law litigation. All right, the other type of subpoena, uh, which is commonly used, is called a subpoena ducis tecum. Okay, this is different uh, from a witness subpoena um, in various respects, okay? Uh, But typically, when somebody serves a subpoena ducis tecum, what they're looking for is documents. They're looking for evidence. It might be a circumstance where they really don't need testimony but they want somebody to be compelled to bring uh, evidence or items either to the courthouse at a trial or a hearing or maybe a deposition, okay? So the possibilities, again, could be, could be quite broad. could be a subpoena served on a bank to get bank records. It could be a subpoena served on a school to get school records. It could be a subpoena served on a credit card company to get credit card records. Uh, could be a subpoena on a mortgage company to get mortgage records, right? So typically we're talking about records, and it, it's not a specific person being subpoenaed. So typically uh, these entities, what they have to do is send um, a representative, uh, a record custodian, if you will, to come and provide uh, these documents or evidence. Sometimes with a subpoena ducis tecum, if the entity provides the records, by a certain date with an affidavit signed by the custodian of records affidavit, then they don't even have to appear, right? So typically a subpoena ducis tecum will provide a date and it'll say, look, if you give us the records and an affidavit by X date, then we're good and and, and that's that's all you need to do. In some circumstances, though, uh, they have to, to show up to the records deposition 
uh, if they don't provide the records in time, or it could be a circumstance where uh, one of the attorneys or maybe both attorneys or you name it might want to uh, depose uh, or have the records custodian testify in court about what's contained in a record. And it might just be that there's something that's ambiguous, that the attorneys don't understand about the records, they want clarification, something like that, okay? So the two types of subpoenas typically used in family law litigation would be a witness subpoena and then a subpoena ducus tecum, all right? Uh, on this topic, though, sometimes people think, well, what if we don't use a subpoena? You know, why, why do we need to do that? Is a subpoena really required? Is it necessary? Um, and so uh, lots of parties wonder about this. They contemplate this and they think about it. Uh, but, but here's really the deal in a nutshell. Look, if it's a, if it's a witness uh, who a party wants to have come into court to testify uh, and they're not served a subpoena, then that witness could theoretically just not show up. So they could tell one of the parties, yeah, I'll be there in court. Sure, you bet, I'll be there. I'm glad to come in and testify. And then they could just bail on it and, and not show up. And in those circumstances, if they're not served a subpoena, uh, they're not compelled to be there. And if the trial's on a certain date in time and that witness is not there, you know, in a lot of circumstances, the judges will say tough luck. So the party could complain and say, hey, I, I want a continuance or, you know, I want you to set another date for this hearing you know, for this witness to come in and testify. And with some judges, they might say, look, this was the time, this is the date. You didn't serve a subpoena. They're not here. Tough luck, right? So serving a subpoena does create uh, a safety valve that the witness is going to be there. Now, if, if, you, if somebody served a subpoena and they still don't show up, then what an attorney often does is request the judge to do what's called a body attachment, to have them, in essence, brought to court to testify. Right, so the subpoena is protection. Subpoena does provide some assurance, and and typically, if somebody's subpoenaed to show in a court and they just don't show, then typically a judge would set another date or another time for that witness to to come in, right? Because people, when they serve subpoenas, are supposed to show up. They're not supposed to be able to dodge it. So, uh, the the subpoena, if you will, is a safety valve. The subpoena provides some assurance and ensures subpoena can cost some money, it can cost some time, uh, but at the end of the day, if an individual really, really, really wants a particular witness to come into court to testify, uh, if they really want some records, the subpoena provides that court order, if you will, that the, the individual or the entity has to do it. And, and so even with subpoenas, Ducas Tecum, I mean, another alternative would be to you know, draft a letter to an entity with the release of the, of, you know, for the records in theory. Um, but without the subpoena, you know, a lot of entities might just sit on it, you know, might be stuck in a stack of paper. It's just not prioritized and the records aren't obtained in time. So, you know, subpoenas do because TECM's not required to get the information. But the positive component of a subpoena's ducus tecum is you've got a date certain in which the individual's got to appear, I mean, typically at a records deposition, uh, to bring the records. And so in a time crunch, um, if, if it's got to be had by a certain date in order to be ready for trial, the subpoena's ducus tecum really can be a helpful tool and is often something you know, parties uh, should really consider and contemplate and talk about with their attorney 
All right, so those are subpoenas. I mean, important topic. Lots of individuals not quite sure what those what that term even means, and certainly a lot of individuals don't understand the difference between a witness subpoena and a subpoenas ducas tecum. So hopefully we broke down this topic for you today, and that's a lot clearer for you. Again, as a follow-up to the episode, go on over to FamilyLawHeadquarters.com. Check out the article dated April 25, 2023, titled The Use of Subpoenas in Family Law Litigation. All right, well, that's the topic today. Stay tuned to our next episode on Family Law Talk coming up. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Family Law Talk with Kirk Stangy. Visit StangyLawFirm.com for more about today's topic or to put Stangy Law Firm to work for your family today. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely on advertisements. Neither the Supreme Court of Missouri or Illinois reviews or approves certifying organizations or specialist designations. The information you obtained in this podcast is not, nor is it intended to be, legal advice. You should consult an attorney for advice regarding your individual situation. We invite you to contact us and welcome your calls, letters, and electronic mail. Contacting us does not create an attorney-client relationship. Please do not send any confidential information to us until such time as an attorney-client relationship has been established. Past results afford no guarantee of future results, and every case is different and must be judged on its own merits. Kirk Stangy is responsible for the content. Headquarters, Office 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450, Clayton, Missouri, 63105. Kirk Stangy is licensed in Missouri, Illinois, and Kansas.